What's popping and welcome to Popcorn, your stop for all things pop, where we talk about all things pop culture from here in the Philippines to the rest of the globe. Hi, I'm Jeremiah, and I am taking over today's Pride episode! Joining me today is Paula Molina. Hi! Dana Alvina. Jace Tanliwag. Hello! And Chola Sabiaran, thank you for allowing me to host and moderate this session. Of course, we're happy uh, to have more co-hosts take over and have their own episodes. And, you know, it's so fitting to have uh, Jeremiah as our well, opening speech. Welcome <laughs> to our Pride episode. <laughs> Jeremiah. <Just> call me. <laughs> I'm kidding. So anyway, as we mentioned, this is our Pride episode as Pride Month is on its last legs. We will be talking about a lot of things, but specifically about what pride means to us as queer individuals. And we're going to do a very light critique of Pride Month and how the media and society is currently observing it. So to start things off... We're going to be talking about who the tops and the bottoms of the... (laughs) (laughs) And who are safe. (laughs) And who goes... To To start things off, you guys... What are your thoughts on Pride Month so far? Paula, you go first. <laughs> um, so on my end, um, admittedly, I don't have as much queer friends as I would like to have. So the celebration of Pride Month has been pretty chill. Um, it's really just been my office mates and I kind of just greeting each other happy Pride. But, but that's about it. Um, but it's nice seeing everything on social media, I guess. Um, and it's just sad that like I can't physically like partake in any Pride events um, right now or anything. Yeah, very boring actually. Very boring Pride Month for me. Dana, I remember that you used to go to Pride marches. Yes, I used to back when you know everything was a bit safer. So I just make sure to go. But now I don't know. Same with Paula. I'm just chill. <laughs> this is like the most gathering I've had with like queer people. <laughs> Yeah, Aww. like other than our group chat, so I, I love you guys. But yeah, other than that, ano pa ba? I usually just watch more queer stuff during the month. Mm-hmm. Whenever Same. I have. Yeah. What have you watched? Have you, everyone else, have you guys watched your queer media or read queer literature this month? If ever, can you share? Like for me, I finished season three of Post recently. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really good ending. No spoilers. Oh, really? That's good. I haven't been able to watch it just yet. That's the final, Nano. Yeah, it's the final season. And I love how they gave the characters a very fantasy ending. Like, everyone got their happy ending. And that's so rare for queer media, specifically. I'm glad that they gave it the classic Ryan Murphy. Everyone gets their dream. You get your dream. (laughs) Ending. So that was really nice. What have you guys been watching? I've been watching Feel Good. It's kind of, it gets dark because it's not generally about, you know, being queer. It kind of revolves around like mental health as well and like relationships. But I don't know, I feel like it touches on being queer and, you know, trauma really well. So yeah, I cried at the end. But I'm good at Yeah. <laughs> How about everyone else? Yeah, Chola, Jace, how has Pride Month been to you? Has it been kind? 
has it been a bitch? I feel like Grace has something to say. Grace has a lot. Oh, to say, sure. no, um, no, uh, <laughs> so let's open. Let please welcome to the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Nina Bonina, I'm kidding. Um, uh, no, I think um, Pride Month has been very stressful for me. Um, we relaunched this initiative called Queer Scientists PH this month. So that's why, um, that's partly why. But also because um, on gay Twitter. I usually go, I usually don't participate in it. But when you see the gays liking the, the things, right? Um, and it's been quite um, emotionally draining for the past few uh few weeks but um which is which is kind of sad because um i expected to like have to consume more pride month stuff um but i haven't actually i noticed actually in the pride month i usually consume less queer media um because i already kind of consume a lot of it throughout the throughout the year and so good for me in discussion so i i I've, I haven't been watching anything recently. I think the most recent thing that I watched that was kind of, um, that is queer related um, is Mitchell and the Machines. Uh, I don't yes. know if you watched it. It's so fun. So it's so good. fun. <laughs> the animation yeah. is so good. Right, you're right. As in, it's like, for anyone who's wa- uh, listening to this, like, I suggest you watch it. It's super, super fun. It's really family friendly but at the same time it's like really really experimental i think like with how it treats its characters and everything um super super cool yeah yeah it's I been think, tiring but yeah i think jace you have you bring up a very good point but i feel like personally i agree with you in that it feels like this pride month queer content is being thrown onto us from everywhere like as someone has worked someone as works as someone who works in advertising i've seen how brands are trying to co-opt the pride month movement without actually wanting to commit to being an ally so it's a lot of rainbow capitalism i mean i saw i saw a pride month ad in my ig stories about i won't mention the brand um a snack cookie and sobrang babaw ng caption. It was like, we believe that you should love who you love. Wow. What a statement. So powerful. So powerful. <laughs> then, Did, uh, uh, ano, the Stonewall in throwing a protest against like two alcohol brands who donated to them because they feel like it's very, um, it's very... Performative? Yeah, performative lang to donate. Wow such a thing. Uh, you can search it up. Um, I think they're doing like, they're like actually throwing out the alcohol or like pouring it out. It's kind of, I don't know. I, I get the protest, but it's also kind of wasteful to do that. I'm not... <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. They could have used that alcohol. Donate it to the gays. Give it to the gays. Or donate it to hospitals. <laughs> like, just for washing their... I don't know. Um, but yeah. I mean, like, I know, I understand they may have their reasons for throwing up. Because it, admittedly, it does sound performative. But butenga in the US, yung performative uh, capitalism na may donations. In the Philippines, it's really just co opting rainbow yeah, motifs. It's a video. <laughs> yeah, it's a video. And like, we love loving who you love. 
yeah. I mean, I think I was very fortunate to have worked on a brand when I was in my previous agency, um, who was who actually made like um, a project that was committed to discussions about queer culture and LGBT community. And since I since we started that um, campaign back in 2016, I think or 2017, it's still continuing until now. So I there there is like an opportunity for a lot of brands to take part um, in Pride Month in a very genuine and a very informative way. And I hope that continues for other brands as well. Because so far, sila palang din yung nakikita ko that has that kind of discussion. And a very open one at that um, on, their, um, on their pages, on their brand pages. Ah, I was gonna comment po lang for that because I remember her telling me about that project maybe a few years back. And then I've been seeing it on Twitter para na, oh, it's still an ongoing discussion even though Paula's not there. So I was like, wow, that's great to have that kind of thing. And maybe, I don't know, it's playing devil's advocate. It's kind of a new concept or like something more mainstream palang in the Philippines in the recent years. So I, I guess there's really a lot of room to improve on because, you know, not everyone is informed, well-informed about what the advocacy of pride should be or what pride is really about so hopefully you know more people more queer people are like involved in these campaigns uh, moving forward because you know pang ilang year pa lang to ng parang mas open na pride celebrations in metro manila and this is only metro manila you know still a lot of conservative um people who don't i, I just saw like a facebook post that parang it says Pride Month, Pride Month, and then it ends up uh, blocking out the other words, and they say demon in the middle between Pride. Oh my gosh! Like that's so like okay. I mean, you know, uh, it's still. I mean, uh, for me, accurate. But uh, <laughs> I'm, kidding. No, I'm, kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, uh, better go, go, go. Sorry, John. So yun, parang I feel like also because it's a conservative country generally, parin there's still. You know, we're fortunate enough to have open minds and the privilege to be able to celebrate this and understand oh, yeah. what it means. And, you know, there are also, I guess we, I think we said this last Pride episode also na, um, you know, there's still a lot to improve on and there's also bigger fish to fry. Not to say that this fish isn't big enough to fry, but you know, they're like uh, butandings to fry. <laughs> butandings talaga. <laughs> I don't know. As what the science say, Mr. Is that a mammal? Tiwag. <laughs> as, as Eureka said, she's a, she's a whale. She's a whale. <laughs> <laughs> I love how if ever, hi, if ever you're a straight listener listening to this, I, I'm sorry for how confused you may be right now. You may be wondering who Eureka and Nina Bonina Brown is. <laughs> and our answer is there's some things that are sacred to gay culture. Yeah. <laughs> they're, I know, they're real housewives of Atlanta. I'm kidding, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I guess I want to just like super build off really quick with, with, with what Cholo said. I think that um, yeah, a lot of it is still Manila-centric. I think that with like online Pride events, um, starting last year, I think, and also now, um, the cool thing about it is that there are highlights on like 
what Pride is like in other parts of the country. I think that that's super cool. I think that, you know, mas democratic na yung, for example, yung mga features sa Metro Manila Pride page. Like, they, you can actually submit, like, your story or your art and all of that. Um, and I think that that's super cool. Um, and I really like then how a bunch of people have also been galvanized around um, organizations and people like the Golden Gays. Um, and I think that that's, especially at a, such a uncertain time. Grabe, ano, uncertain pa rin tayo. Well, the U.S., like, nag-open na sila ng cinemas. But um, I think even in, a, in an uncertain time, it's really nice that people are still holding those events um, despite the, you know, lack of a physical event. And I think that that's super cool. And I think that an additional factor to why Pride Month has been really exhausting this month, this year specifically, is the fact that it's a pandemic and we really don't have any other life besides our online one. And this be just bombarded every day on our feeds with all kinds of Pride content. It's celebratory, sure, but it can also get really overwhelming at times. And also, there's this pressure to like consume as much content, queer content specifically, for Pride Month. Because, hello, you want to learn more about our quote-unquote heritage, but you only have enough hours in a day. And, yeah, and I feel like they're sort of, I don't know if you guys agree, but do you feel like we've lost what, the essence of pride when we celebrate it. Everybody's tilting their heads because it's such a difficult question. Thank you for that wonderful question. <laughs> um, my response to that is um, next. <laughs> my response to that is world peace. <laughs> I mean, we all saw that SNL uh, skit where they were celebrating pride and what SNL deems pride nowadays is uh, high cover charges in clubs and drunken nights trying to find your friends and uh, Robin and Carly Rae on loop in the dance floor. <laughs> and like, it's funny because it's true that these are what pride celebrations are nowadays, but also it's kind of sad because I, I think, is this really what pride is for us? Which brings me to my first official question in this discussion. Drum roll, please. What does pride mean to you? Again, thank you so much for that wonderful question. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's a really difficult one, even if like, we've, we've been giving time to prep and everything. But um, for me personally, as someone who has only recently been out to my family at, and not even like very grand um, coming out of that. It was literally me and my dad at McDonald's and me crying because like, I'm not straight. I hope that's not offensive to you. And my dad crying also and being like, you're my daughter and I love you. <laughs> and it was very casual, but very funny um, conversation between me and my dad. But I think for me, pride is really just being happy enough to be open about who I am. Because I've always been open about it to my friends, but being open about it to my parents, to my brother, who 
even if like pride celebration isn't big in our family they they greeted me happy pride and that was more than enough for me to be able to know that they respect um my sexuality um and they respect who i am so for me pride is all about just being honest with myself and that may seem like a very like common basic quote unquote answer but i think at the heart of it that's that's all that we really want naman to be authentically who we are um and not be judged by just our sexuality you know it's we are more than that and we are that as well it's it's a very confusing conflicting thing but just being able to acknowledge and accept that i think is what pride is really for me is someone else speak next <laughs> it's interesting to note that your answer is a lot of being open being honest yeah. because i feel like when it comes to uh, dealing with your sexual or uh, gender identity this isn't something that straight people have to deal with Mm-mm. i mean yeah. the fact that i have to come out Exactly. The, whole, the okay. whole concept of coming out. Yeah. It's something that the streets don't have to deal with. Yeah. I don't what this coming out really mean. It's something that I've been grasp, grappling with then because it it's I hate for it to sound like I want to ask the world for permission to be who I be am. Who you are, yeah. It's just it's it's a complicated concept but then it's something that also brings us joy yeah oh yeah because like personally uh, my answer to this miss universe question is uh, pride is liberation like it's uh, it's uh oh no it's too early to tear up oh, no <laughs> no it's um pride is liberation because it's the moment that you choose to accept yourself for who you are and the moment that you choose to live your life this way authentically no matter what the world may throw at you that's when that's your reason to celebrate pride right there i think and I mean, like not to exclude people who haven't like come out because it's very much their choice whether or not they choose to do so and i hope that everybody can celebrate pride without feeling that pressure then to live quote unquote authentically because however you choose to live your life is very much your right yeah. and your freedom to do so so i think that's what <laughs> freedom i think that's what it is yeah pride is freedom to be whoever the heck you want to be and that's another thing and thank you for bringing that up paula because that's another thing that that i don't think media covers that much in coming out narratives the whole coming out is a life and death matter for some for people some, yeah like there are countries wherein you, your father or your siblings would rather kill you in the name of honor instead of having you come out so Oh, I'd like to bounce off of that conversation also because I feel like, you know, pride can mean different things to different people and the experience, it's a very loaded question also because, you know, each of us have our own um, experiences and what pride is to us. For for me lang kasi parang, um, parang it's just really about being comfortable with who you are and not necessarily hiding it and I mean, yun na nga, 
as Paula mentioned, not everyone is necessarily out. But uh, for me lang, ah, parang at least, parang at least, uh, do you really have, the concept of coming out is so different for each person. Like, uh, for, for example, ako parang, I'm just open about how I'm, what my interests are, ganyan. Not necessarily like, oh, I have to announce it to the world. And the fact that, versus before na I would not be as open about talking about drag race, for example, which I never did because I never knew drag race before. But this, just an example, right? Um, maybe in like the earlier days when we were younger, na parang, oh, okay, High School Musical and Glee were celebrated. But like eventually when it dies, the mainstreamness of it dies down, you're kind of left as the weird person who still likes it after every the whole population isn't necessarily into it anymore. But, you know, you, parang over the years, you just kind of learn to like, oh, this is me, this is what I like, and not necessarily parang something I should be ashamed of. And it's really parang that for me, just being comfortable and sharing that experience with uh, the people that you love and the people around you. And whether... You, ne- you're, you announce your label or what you identify as, parang it's just something that you parang you embody and people can see that um, in you. And we respect it whether, as Paula said, whether you uh, come, choose to announce it to the world or at least share it with the people um, you love. And then, yun, parang it's just really so different for everyone and uh, Yon, that's my piece. Thank you. <laughs> Overtime na sa ano. I actually, I saw a really good tweet that sums up Ren, what coming out is. And I think what straight people uh, don't understand is that when you're part of the LGBTQ community, you come out several times in your life. Oh, yeah. It's I was, not, yeah. Oh, no, I, I was just about to... Um, talk about how I'm perceived as a straight passing bisexual, which is a very strange concept be straight passing as if it was like a race or something, right? <laughs> um, but it's very strange. I remember having to come out several times like within my stint in my first agency. And every single time there was always that, what? You? But you don't look bi. I'm like, what does a bi person even supposed to look like? Like, I dream genuinely of a day where we don't have to come out to anybody. Like, it's just to be who you are and everybody's being super cool with it. About it. And, you know, being a big deal because they made it like, such a huge deal whenever they would find out. And I never really understood why it would be a surprising thing. Because it's just it's just that. But I wouldn't if someone told me they were straight, it was I wouldn't be like, What? You're straight? Like that's a very strange thing to do, right? So I don't understand why that has to be the case for people I'm who are part of the LGBT community. It's so funny because literally with every new friend group that you come out to, it's that whole and I know they mean well, it's that whole, oh, we love and accept you. And I'm like, thanks. So you <laughs> yeah, they always have to announce like, oh, I'm an ally. I do this. And I'm like, that's really cool. I mean, you don't have to tell me anything. But like, that's good to know, I guess. But going back to, I think, I guess my original point was 
Cholo, I think that the first coming, if we come out several times in our lifetime, I feel like the first time you come out is to yourself. So my follow-up question is, do you remember the first time you came out to yourself? Because I do, like very clearly. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was in the bathroom. It was 2014. And <laughs> yeah. So, oh, no. so while in college? <laughs> yeah. While in college. Um, okay. okay. No, because uh, context, I grew up in an extremely uh, Christian right-wing religious family okay. where, you know, God made men and women, Adam and Steve, no one else. I, Adam and Eve. <laughs> The gay slip. The gay slip. I grew up in a very. I grew up uh, when same-sex marriage was legalized in the U.S. Everyone in church was bemoaning the fall, and oh, the end times are near. All that shit. So, in high school, like. I'd like pray. I'd pray to God because, like, I want I wanted to be a devout Christian in high school, and I'd pray to God, Lord, please uh, take away the, this thorn in my flesh, and please uh, please make me straight. And like I'll, and like I grew up with uh, people in church on Sundays uh, proclaiming their testimony of how God made them straight, and now they're happily married with a wife and children. So, I grew up, uh, and I'm literally about to like cry at any moment, but I grew up uh, thinking that being gay was something to be ashamed of and was something sinful. But in 2014, when I realized that, hey, I, I can't force myself to have crushes on people I can't have crushes on, and I looked at myself in the mirror and in the bathroom and I was like, you're gay. You're gay. And that's okay. You're gonna figure it all out. And I still am figuring it out. And there's something so powerful in just accepting how you were created and just not fighting it anymore. And like personally, that's what I celebrate every pride. It's that, hey, this is real. <laughs> this is me. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Gonna let the light shine on me. Did you plan <laughs> this? Did you plan it to go this way? No. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a roller coaster. <laughs> but uh, yeah, personally, this that's what I celebrate. I celebrate that moment in my uh, very smoky a humid bathroom in 2014 when I when I made the choice to live my life this way uh, no matter what happens and I'm still figuring it out man it's not easy but like I don't even know how to approach my parents uh, later on when I find the love of my life and I want to get married and I want to have a family that's like a conversation I am not prepared for but you know one step at a time so, back to you guys. <laughs> Do you remember the, the moment? The first night of September. 
that uh, rainbow light bulb moment, so to speak? Um, for me, it was very strange because I studied in a Catholic, all-girls Catholic high school where, like, in the administration, you weren't allowed to be any type of gay. Um, but within the students and themselves, and sometimes the faculty mismo, it was this very accepted fact that, you know, there were so many people that are lesbian or bisexual um, within the community. That it was, it was just the thing, the norm of high school life. So when I started having crushes on batchmates, one of whom Actually, my biggest high school crush became my best friend after a few years, which was just the funnest thing in the world. And we're still very close up to now. Like within myself, it wasn't a strange concept because it was just what normal back in high school. And I think despite how much I hate how the administration then treated, you know, members of the LGBT community within its students, very glad to have gone through that experience in the sense that I was within a community that was open about this part of themselves um, and just loved <laughs> as high school loved <laughs> as, you know, as they could um, partners then. So, and it just continued after college. I don't think I, re I really had that like big realization. It was just there. And Think that's how it should be it shouldn't you know I, I as wonderful as your story is I'm I'm pained that you had to suffer this like moral struggle before coming to terms with it and ideally children because admittedly like we were all like children when we first started realizing these things shouldn't have to feel that guilt in being who they are and I'm thinking from my experience at the very least I actually want to jump in because I have the same experience <laughs> as Paul. I also grew up in a very Catholic, all-girls Catholic grade school, high school kind of life. And same, like a lot of her teachers and like faculty, they're really not for it. But when you do that, when you build that strictness from people above, people are going to just rebel. <laughs> they're just going to build their own community. And that's how it was in grade school for me. It started in sixth grade so much like to a point that it was kind of the new cool thing and when it became like a cool thing, I, was like, <laughs> yeah. rebel. I was like no I want I want to be gay just because it's cool and lo and behold I became gay because I don't know I, I just was and there was this really cute girl and you know I was like no was there was this um, <laughs> superstition that whenever you graduate when you graduate from sixth grade because we didn't have grade seven um, you would for sure turn curved. We didn't even want to say the word gay. We're like, you're either straight or curved. I don't know what. I don't know if that was the same thing for everyone else. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, no, no, no. I don't want to be that. Like, it's such a hassle. It seems like a lot of steps to go through to just hide yourself. But I don't know. It just happened for me. I just ended up like liking someone. Someone much older, I think. Like we were, we had this. Oh, this is so vivid to me. Um, we had this. It's cool. She's so cool. <laughs> yeah, we had this science day where all of the I don't know juniors or like sophomores from the high school would 
pretend to be a, a known scientist. So like, hey, I'm Marie Curie and I did this and that. And I am Einstein and I did this and that. So I was late for that event because I was cleaning. But when I went in, it was the, I don't know, some girl, I don't even remember the scientist she was playing or what she talked about, but I was just... Secret Smarty joke. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just taking away and I was like, so what if it's like the next cool thing and that's me? You know? I never had that big coming out as well. It was just kind of a normal thing. Like, okay, this is how it is. I did have a hard time like getting, no, letting other people know specifically. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, from a pretty early age, I was pretty comfortable with it. Yeah, just to me though, like it was, it took a long time before I realized I wanted to as they said like you know date someone and <laughs> share that with someone else I was just you know having crushes still I could <laughs> yeah there's a saying in a lot of all girls high schools that you don't graduate straight yeah <laughs> it's, it's very much true exactly. it is very much true everybody has a girl crush um, sometime in high school and I think that's amazing like it's just proof that sexuality is very much fluid and I, I love it. <laughs> it's in the smaller spaces, you know, like hush hush stuff <laughs> back in high school. Although now, like, I can say that it's better. Like, I do know a lot of people who are still there. I have a friend who actually teaches there now. It's much better. Wow. Yeah. And she's also, Good. like, you know, kind of queer. So she's like, the teacher's like, hey, it's fine. Just don't tell the ones who don't like it. You know, be cool <laughs> about it. You can just tell me. Don't she's tell that cool teacher. Well. She's homophobic. You can tell me. You know. <laughs> We have people like that now, so I'm glad. You know, that's what's really nice. Na, you know, in this day of we're in 2021 versus when we were younger kids, it's much a much more open world that they're in, and I hope you know it's really that much better. At least, in, if not like super super accepted, then at least more accepted than it was before. I mean, now like my sister who's just about to go to high school, watches RuPaul's Drag Race. So parang mga ganong bagay na, you know, these things are uh, things that young girls, young boys probably just watch. And it's not such a big deal for them to like, oh, I'm ashamed of, oh, this is such a weird concept of watching these things. Because yun nga, as yeah. like, I feel like as a Metro Manila all-boys uh, Catholic school person also, Parang it's really, you know, that wasn't what we grew up with. And I would agree nga with uh, Paula and Dana also na it's really not a specific moment, but just like being more confident about it gradually and just, you know, deciding to just be open about the things that you like. Because I, I was in um, I was in Ateneo Children's Theater. So that's musicals, all that, diba? And parang, you know, It's kind of weird for it's not really it's like a big the musical is always a big thing uh because it's like one of the things that people look uh people look out for at the end of the year and you know but you know parang the connotation of being a theater kid is like already such parang an indication but also at the same time it's your first anagana it's your first um your first interaction with the opposite sex i guess since you know you're in a you're in a all boys school or an all girls school 
and that's the first time you meet friends from other with uh parang from other schools also so parang that kind of weird thing na parang, i remember kasi my friend because i was so it's high school musical then talaga na parang oh i was so excited about being in a musical and then you know i was encouraging my best friend na oh you should join me this is so much fun being in this club and then parang he didn't really tell me until years later but he was not allowed because uh being in that club means that you're gay or something like that and i was like okay that's kind of i know but ayun so parang those experiences but i was like i just enjoyed it and then eventually parang you just really grow into it and then you know be proud of those experiences so that's why it's nice now from the years of um high school musical um may static daw ako pero sige magsalita lang tayo um from the years of um high school musical and now that we have like a new generation high school musical the musical the series where you have openly gay characters also it's really uh very hopeful to see that experience diba so yun uh, it's really more that because uh, yun nga it's really for me it's just really i don't even have Aside from, I feel like recognizing that I'm queer. I don't really have, I don't really, uh, parang identify with a certain label because I feel like it's so. The spectrum is there, and you know, as Jeremiah said also, na parang it's a learning process, and you discover new things every day. And I don't really want to put myself in a box. So yeah, that's that, that's my uh, my sharing. Uh, Jace, you wanna. Thank you, Jason Derulo. <laughs> Jason Derulo. <laughs> um, Jace, so yes. stemming off everyone's uh, cuentos, was your rainbow light bulb moment similar to Cholos and Dana's wherein it was just something that you gradually accepted? Or was there that moment? Yeah, actually, I don't know. Um, for me, my experience was that everyone... Even kind of called me gay before I knew I was gay. You get what I mean? Like, um, you you can't you kind of hear it from everyone else before. And I remember, um, I remember um, the interesting thing is that, like, when you grow up in the province, but there 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 are those members in Sabach, right? I don't know if you know that. Yeah, but um, and then I guess when I when I went to college, like, people had a lot of questions and. Because I was a performer, I was in musical theater, and like, you know, um, all of those things. And I guess that, you know, some people have the rainbow light bulb moments. Um, and I think that for me, I think that for me, what was really interesting is that I don't know if I had that. Like, but at at one point it was just like, every everyone already knows. You might as well. You get what I mean. Um, yeah, uh, I guess pieces of pop culture, like just to answer the question, like pieces of pop culture that helped me embrace, like just identity as a whole. I think that Pagdudalaga ni Maximo Oliveros is like super huge one. Um, third year in college, just understanding like how media can reflect your experience. Um, obviously, Glee. Um, everyone will have Glee, everyone will have. Um, oh my God. Everyone will have um, 
tawag doon? High School Musical as well. Um, all of those things. Um, I don't know if there's like, you know, I don't know if there's a specific thing that I owe something, I owe like coming out to or whatever. Um, it's more of actually just, also just finding out people who gravitate towards those pieces of media, right? Like, we kind of gravitate towards similar media and in the process of like talking about it, you also talk about those things about your identity. Um, and I think that that's the role kind of of like pop culture um, as a whole. It's just to create those connections with people. Um, but I don't know. I personally because people called me bakla gay and everything. Since I was like, since I was pre-elementary, I think it's because sinampal ko yung isang person. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ko yung isang person for like getting a pencil or something. Yeah, ayun. Um, and, I love how consistent your character development is. From preschool to now. Uh, nananampal ng tao. Like, before physically, now with the words. Uh, we evolve. Yeah, pero... Um, yeah, that, that was that was just very interesting, and I think that, yeah, ito yung ito yung I think something that I learned more recently. I think that media, and also just the times like developing, they kind of give you more words to describe your experience. It's really that. It's really more words to describe either the ambiguity of your experience, the uncertainty, um, and all of that. And I guess, although on one hand, parang I don't always like labels. I don't really. I really don't. Um, well, I mean, certain things need labels. But like, um, I don't super like labels. But at the same time, labels help you categorize things so that people can um, participate in the world easily. But I feel like people forget that those labels are only approximations of who you are as a person, right? Like, you know, uh, a Greek, Kadire, a Greek is like... <laughs> Actually, the, the G in LGBT is Gleek. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I'm kidding. Winner, um, Jan, winner. Give <laughs> me pronoun slash Gleek. No, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, you know, it's just these labels are approximations of who you are. They help people participate in the world and they kind of help you find your communities easier. But at the same time, within those labels, sobrang laki ng differences and experiences. Um, and that to me is exciting. Like the fact na hindi ko mapapako yung pag-discover ng identity ko, and I'm still discovering identity, um, to just one TV show or one film or one work of art or even one pop culture moment like seeing Britney Spears dance I'm a Slave for You sa MTV Music Video Awards. Um, uh, yeah, ayan. Wala lang. Um, I like that. That's that's exciting to me. Yeah. It's so interesting how stemming off uh, Jesus' cuento, it's so interesting how what can be coded as very straight performances like performers who identify as straight performing at a music video <laughs> award show can be part and parcel of gay culture because I think all of us know that Britney Spears made moment. Oh yeah. It's like, especially of, uh, if you're a, of a certain late millennial age, 
Britney Spears gay icon. Free she Britney. was the gay icon of our yes hashtag Free Britney. Actually, she was the gay icon. No, that's an early indication. I was in nursery and like my, like two of my friends and I performed like "Oops, I Did It Again" or something. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I imagine. Oh my god, I do think like Britney was an a baby gleek. That's Not true. I never wanted to be a snake so bad. Like with the oh, before she was like, <laughs> I was like, why do we want to be a snake? Right? <laughs> if you were um, if you were born as a male in the late nineties, yeah, the litmus test was either God, Britney's so hot, or shit, <laughs> yes, mama. <laughs> and speaking of where Britney, are your flags, Kurt? Hashtag <laughs> free Britney, please. So I wanted to stem off Jace's answer, which is my second question. Let me pull her up. What pieces of pop culture have helped you embrace your queer identity? And when did, more importantly, when did you first see yourself reflected in media? Because for me personally, it was Kurt Hummel. Yes. That's my answer to the first question. Oh, yes, Kurt's good. coming out to his dad. Yes, embrace it. That was that was the first time, and I'll I'll kind of latagway. I think as people who grew up in the 2000s and even later on in the 2010s, we had such few well-rounded uh, gay characters to look up to, and for me, Kurt was the first one whose characterization wasn't based off him being gay. This was a feminine gay character who in episodes would reckon about his faith or lack of faith and who worried about his dad's health. He had storylines about him not being gay or being the gay sidekick. Which is, I think, the common trope that before Blaine came into the picture and became the straight passing gay that just like took over the storylines. <laughs> oh my God! Can I share when when Blaine so came into people. when Blaine came into the picture? That was when I first realized, shit, I can find love. I think. Aww. I used to be a clean stand before you know Blaine grew up. <laughs> when he was and the, the perfect teenage dream. Yeah, I then, also wanted someone to move schools for me before I realized, oh, that's not <laughs> That's not love, honey. That's, that's not love. love. That's cathexis. <laughs> that's fiction. It's not love. It's fiction. <laughs> oh my god, but like the episode where they kissed, oh. I remember that oh. so vividly because they like censored that or at least they cut that out right it here in the Philippines. Yes. I remember that was the first major fight. was the first major fight I had with an with a relative because she Ooh. like at a, a family dinner she was complaining like why is this being shown on media ganyan, ganyan. and I, I don't I, we were in high school when that happened so baby me was just like why wouldn't you want to see it? You see straight people kiss all the time. So what's wrong with two gay men kissing? And she's like, but it's wrong for the church. Not everybody in the Philippines is Catholic or Christian, Karen. I mean, like, the first time we fight in a family about, like, gay representation. And I'm happy that as, as many faults as there are in Glee, because there are a lot. Oh, <laughs> are we going there? I, I mean, I love it, but there are so many, like, 
problematic things about Italy. I'm I'm glad that it at least opened doors to the kind of conversation, diba? About whether or not these should be shown here in the Philippines, that kind of stuff. So, go I feel boom. like actually looking back, that's the legacy of Glee. The whole it it gets better moment. You see, you saw a lesbian coming out later on in the form of Santana, and Queen. and like also can you just say I love how they characterize Santana as not your typical butch lesbian. Although there's nothing wrong if you are a very masculine lesbian. But that was what was common. That was the trope at the time. You know, the lesbian who drives motorcycles and wears cargo shorts. But we saw a very stereotypically pretty and feminine, feminine lesbian with a girlfriend living her best life. And that must have been so groundbreaking for a lot of our LGBT sisters at the time. And I think with Santana, R.I.P. Yes, R.I.P. Naya Rivera. Um, it's also nice to have that storyline where she's from a conservative family and her coming out to her abuela was a big narrative for her. Versus Kurt, na, you know, it's a white family, so it's not as like, you know, I, at least I guess as Asians, it's more ano, relatable to have that Latino family uh, dynamic and having that in the narrative of Santana was really nice also because you see that it's also different for other parang different experiences for different people but yeah uh, definitely Glee is such a pivotal show na parang it's really the first I would say um, really the first super mainstream talaga na you know there have been like the original Queer Eye or other shows like that in the early 2000s but Glee was the one talaga na they were letting their flags fly, whatever. It's not just about um, sexuality, even. It's just about being who you are as a person, um, not just as not just as uh, gay or lesbian or bi or anything, but just being a weirdo or a random, whatever you like kind of person, whether it's in, in your interests, um, how you pursue your goals, your talents, you know, um, although Rachel Berry is super problematic, you know, the drive of, like, <laughs> reaching for your dreams, <laughs> narratives lang. It's really... The original girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> the original problematic uh, main character. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just really that, and it's really empowering to just have that show to uh, make you feel like you're not alone and that you can just be who you are. Whether even if you're straight, the brother, like the straight people in the show, also have their own narratives that they wanna show. Although, sure, mas impact nga naman sa community yung LGBT, and you know, it's music. It's just like celebrating the music also that helps you celebrate who you are. So yon. Um, but of course, like when we were children, definitely High School Musical is like a young awakening mm. in a sense. Mm. Uh, seeing, uh, you know, being in the Philippines, puro basketball, Troy Bolton, ganyan. But like having the Ryan Evans type of character na it's so ambiguous, but you're like, oh, it's possible to be a different type of guy also. And then seeing High School Musical 2 na, oh, he might have feelings for Kelsey also. Parang mga ganong bagay na parang, oh, it's, it's a progressive thing. 
that they built on in three movies and uh, I mean there may lumabas the news na oh Ryan's probably actually out now or something like that but like that kind of like foundation of um, that queerness or acknowledging that is Ryan Evans also and then Glee was like what pushed the envelope further I think that's the interesting thing is that both of these things that we're talking about like are largely because yung Glee and like High School Musical they're largely because they're um, we're largely exposed to them and we owe a lot of our I guess uh, queer awakenings diba, to it because it's very um, general audience um, geared like I remember when I talked to like yung mga mas o- older well older gays well <laughs> ages yeah. then, um, the older gays like they they talk about things like um, queer as folk They talk about, you know, um, about queer eye and all of these things. Um, personally, like, Will and Grace, accents. right? Was very, you know, Will and Grace. Yeah, Will and Grace. Mm. Uh, yes. And like oh, uh, the lesbian couple and friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yun mga maraming and those things we didn't. Ako personally, I didn't have access to it before. Um, I think that these are the things that we have access to, and that's why we owe a lot. To those moments, um, yeah. I feel so. Can I just say, like, so wrong feeling? I feel bad because I know people related a lot to like Kurt and the like, you know. But oh, I related a lot to Rachel. I agree um, with that. Barely. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> we, me. We all. Me. We all do. Rachel. <laughs> Rachel is our end. Our unfiltered end. 100%. Rachel, yeah. until until season two, maybe early season three. Pero like beyond that, like no, no, um, no. Yeah. Um, and ako personally, like yung, yung sa high school musical, I'm 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 a sharpie. I'm really sharpie. One hundred percent sharpie. She was the victim. She should have been the lead. <laughs> she just wanted to perform, you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's even it's weird. Like club, you know, it was her club. Excuse yeah. me. If you think about it, Troy, Troy and Gabriella were gentrifying the theater. <laughs> it was her safe space. What, <laughs> What are the straights doing What? here? <laughs> it wasn't pala ano. It wasn't pala about being jocks or scientists. It's for, it was because they were straight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh How God. dare you come into my safe space and use it to fall in love with each other? Yeah. Oh <laughs> in front of me. In front of my During a in front of my album. salad. Oh God. My salad. How dare you? I, I love how most of these things are like Disney oriented because my queer awakening, not the man queer awakening, but like that realization of like I was bisexual was because of Kim Popple because Chigo because like half the time I was thinking like she's so hot <laughs> it was really oh my god Dana. it was really like, bad. really that bad you know yeah with the black lipstick and this like cool girl attitude I know their cartoon it wasn't character. I want to be her I know uh, their yeah. cartoon she's character hot <laughs> But my God, the sexual tension whenever the two of them would face off in the fight, it was so strong. Whenever Kim and Shigo were in the same room. Mm. <laughs> like it wasn't because I wanted to be any of them. It was because I wanted to be with them. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was definitely that. Honestly, Shigo is possible. Lesbian icons. <laughs> Smallville. Okay. 
Smallville for me because like Clark is hot, but Lana also hot. Hmm. So it was it was just this like very intense thing growing up that you just realize you're old like oh my bisexual awakening was because of Kristen Crow and that's kind of awesome. Yeah. Sorry, Jace, you were saying something. No, I was gonna yeah. say my gay awakening. It's two things like Martin Mystery, for sure. Yes. Um, and the the second one is James Marsden in X Men. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh my god! Like, <laughs> that what that was like? Wow. wow! The reason Cyclops is Ooh. my favorite. <laughs> yeah. the only reason I watched the whole thing. I'm getting no idea. Um, <laughs> I literally have a Cyclops James Marsden Marsden action figure. Like, Cyclops. Uh, yeah. Can you please get it? <laughs> okay, okay, wait lang. Andito lang siya. Sige, magsalita lang kayo. Go, go. Like yeah, in me. X3, you would it's wonder just... like, why would Jean choose Logan when when Scott is right there? Just because you can't see his eyes. Like, girl. <laughs> diba? it's like, you don't need the eyes, girl. Yeah, just... just that's like just... one body part, girl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah that's, that's me. Those are, those are two ones, yeah. This is a, an aside, but James Marsden aged so well. Like, can I please have oh, the yeah. number of his Botox oh, yeah. esthetician? It's so good. And can I just say, like, he's actually a really good actor. He's a really, really good actor. I feel like he's one of those actors that he was kind of uh, pigeonholed into this pretty boy thing because he's so attractive but like if you watch him in x-men if you watch him in hairspray if you watch him in yeah, westworld so he's so West good world. in all of them yeah so good in all of yeah. them yeah i hate how he was pigeonholed into this like best friend of the romantic lead kind of role because he never gets the girl in any of like the films he's in which is just That's, and also that is highly unrealistic because he's so beautiful and he's so great Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, James Marston. Anyway, you know, that's me. I'm gonna be real with y'all. <laughs> My first sexual awakening. When it comes to like, because I feel like when you realize that you're gay, it's either seeing someone in the media who you identify with and seeing someone in the media who you're just like, you have the hots for, hands down. Yeah. And that instance for me was <laughs> in 2005, The Filipino clothing brand Folded and Hung released a <laughs> campaign called For Illegally Low Jeans. Uh-huh. My God. One day in the summer of 2005, billboards all over EDSA were plastered with a shirtless Paula Rovales in jeans that were you. so low. I hate you. <laughs> And just keeping it real, and being someone who just entered puberty at this time, I was like what nine, ten. It was, it was insane. <laughs> you do not show that to a gay bo- little boy in puberty. <laughs> That's <laughs> my god. <laughs> I just googled it. I see. I see what. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I had to sip water. I was heaving. 100%. <laughs> Whew, anyway. That's polar romantic. That's polar romantic. Anyway, yeah. Go, 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 go. <laughs> that was my sexual awakening, y'all. 
it's sobrang sobrang niche and i don't know if people and do you guys remember there was a time in like i think 2010 where grabe yung billboards and edsa they were all so risky naked yeah wrong hmm. yeah <laughs> bench bench underwear in particular was very like Mm. <laughs> so this, so you're talking about this action figure. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. It's not even. Okay. It's not even an action figure. Like you'd call it an oh. action figure if you were a guy, but it's actually like a doll. <laughs> it's like one of my oldest toys here in my room. <laughs> That's adorable. I, it really looks also, like him. It really, it looks, really like looks like him. It does. It does. Ito pa o See, Jean, you could have taken off his glasses without killing yourself. Oh like, <laughs> you would have been fine, girl. You just blink the whole time. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, James Marston. So cool. I love James Marston. I love James Marston. Okay. <laughs> Back to... Sorry. <laughs> Back to regular <laughs> programming. Over the uh, derail. Sorry, Chalo. We were talking about Paula Ravales. A young Paula Ravales, to be exact. <laughs> So it's uh, FH. I don't know. FH, but the same. Folded, folded in hung. Folded in hung, naman. At FH. Sorry. And only. Uh, do you re- do you guys remember the Cosmo Bachelor Bash? Oh my gosh. <laughs> What was this? Wait, oh Google. Yeah, same. I have to like, that. Like, like, if, if you have like your, I don't know, if you have like your candy cuties, it's like the adult version of candy cuties. Can I just say? Can I just say? It's so weird because I have friends who I realize are candy cuties. <laughs> you ever realize that? Like, para why am? Diba, para, that was a thing. Like, uh, anyway. <laughs> so like one of my friends who was a candy cutie is like. Straight up homo. And this is hilarious how like these age fawning over him, <laughs> and he was like gay as hell, and that's adorable. Hi. Okay, looking at Bachelor Bash and like, what yeah. an event! What is what that? an event! <laughs> what an event! Like uh, those extra magazines that came with your sister or elder female cousin's cosmopolitan <laughs> that you'd steal. <laughs> And flip through. Gay awakenings, y'all. Follow James Marsden if you're listening to this. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, ito, matino, matino na example of media where I saw myself reflected. Rent. Oh. Oh. It was Rent the- has this ability to just elicit this awe. And like, the- it hasn't aged well. But. I feel like the movie or even the show. Both. <laughs> Both. But like in the world of theater, I think specifically, it was the first openly queer Broadway show that really just catapulted queer lifestyles into the mainstream. And I remember there was such a strong reaction when the movie came out. And it was like, oh, they're so irresponsible. And you know, this is why AIDS happened. And it was all these biases that came out. But then I loved how you saw the humanity of the characters, such as people like Angel, who was a literal angel. 
and had such a big heart for people. And you saw instances of queer love. Ayun. It's it's nice to note that Rand know, has... all, all of these are like I go ahead, Paula. No, 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 go ahead, Joe. I was like, it's nice to know that all of these are like music or musical. Go ahead, Joe. And it's like, you know, that intersection of how musicals or like the arts are really important to a lot of the queer narratives of many people. Yeah. So Paula, you were saying. No, I was just going to say that Rent has a very special place in my heart because it was one of those films that Jeremy and our mutual friend Manuel and I used to bond over in like freshman year college before I think Manuel and Jeremiah admitted to the world that they were queer. And it was just one of those lovely experiences where looking back, you realize it's one of those things that would bring these three queer people together without really realizing um, what it was. So um, I love Rent for that. Yeah, I remember this moment in JSEC where we had one Rent live DVD that we'd pass around and all watch. Yeah. And it was the final performance with um, Adam Cantor. No, it wasn't Adam Cantor. It was... Anyway, I forgot. But <laughs> it was uh, Renee Goldsberry. She played uh, Mimi. Yes. It was really good adaptation. And I remember this. We, we both, that was when me and Manny both came out. Hmm. Oh. Manuel said that if he could play any character in theater, he would want to Angel. Play, which was such a shock me at the time. But I don't know. I, I appreciate that he was so open to come, you know, tell that to us without even then really realizing um, that he was queer. Like before coming out of the world as that, I think that which is what made it a very special moment to me. I'm going to tear up because like I'm, I miss just how pure um, that interaction was. And I just miss seeing everybody, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else? <laughs> Why did we just like took a moment to reflect on Ren? Shout out. My <laughs> fave musicals of all time because I feel like with a lot of queer stories, at least early on, mga high school, there's always like this toxic, at least for queer women, especially. I don't know why. It's always so toxic. Like they're always leaving their husbands or like cheating on their husbands to fall in love, which is, you know, okay. Um, that's love, but like, I feel like with Rent, especially with I'll Cover You, not the reprise, which is painful, the, you know, the, the main one, the main I'll Cover You, it's, oh, I realized, oh, okay, so that's love. So that's how it's supposed to be, you know? Then you cry at reprise. <laughs> and you're not, when I'm gonna get married, I'm gonna march down the aisle with a guitar instrumental of I'll Cover You. As long as it's not so sweet, I'll just like... <laughs> Uh, and I feel like with everything that we've mentioned, save for James Martin and Paula Ravallis. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out. Yeah, for everything we've mentioned, I think the common thread is all these characters were human. They weren't stereotypes. Yeah. 
these were they weren't the gay best friend in the movie or for Filipino culture specifically they weren't the stock bakla character in a Vice Ganda movie Vice Ganda cinematic or, universe like, here we go <laughs> so which leads me to my next question how do you feel about queer representation in the media dot 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 is it enough pwede mo mauna Okay. Go, go, go. Um, I guess for me, the really interesting thing about queer representation in media is that I don't think it will ever be enough because there are just so many different, there are just so many different lives, diba? I mean, within the G community, diba? within the gay community, like there are Gleeks, there are non-Gleeks. I was going to say, <laughs> within the Gleek community. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but legit, like, I, I, I genuinely think that I genuinely think that there are so many lives to be represented in in media, and I guess the question isn't about more. For me, it's not so much about the quantity; like it's more about the quality and about the humaneness of how like people are treated and how characters are acted out and written and directed. Um, that's what I would personally want. Um, because you know, imagine if like one Kurt Hummel helped us helped a lot of us like yeah right a lot of us or one Santana helped a lot of us like come into terms with our identities whatever that means right um what if you have like a hundred of those right you can you know there's not one path towards discovering your sexual orientation your gender identity your gender expression but also like not one path towards like developing your talent or identifying what success you have, diba? Right? And, you know, representation in media, like, I think needs to understand siguro yung material realities that most people go through. And it needs to reimagine those queer lives for the better. Um, just tying it back to what Jer said earlier about Pose, um, because at the time, right, like, Pose is set in, like, um, peak of AIDS, um, yes. peak of the uh, epidemic, right? Um, the late 80s New York, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like the narratives that are powerful and non, I guess, quote unquote, non-tragic, um, they exist, I think. And in the process of kind of giving these happy endings, as unrealistic as those things can seem, but um, at the end of the day, it's a process of returning these narratives to these communities. Eh? Alam mo yun? Um, who are we to say na those those didn't really happen? You know. Um, yeah, and, and and I just I have a lot of hope for queer media just because I think we have a better grasp of what's missing, like what what parts of the map you know we need to explore, and like what words we can use to actually describe those experiences. I think that that's that's what I'm hopeful for at least. So yeah, it's it's not enough. It's never going to be enough, and that shouldn't discourage people. That should actually make people excited to create and to support like all of these non-dominant narratives. Ayan. And now we can thank you. I'm candidate number twelve. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. From the Gupen City, Jason Tan Liwa. Not you revealing my location. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, like Sorry, sa mga ano. I'm kidding. Though. Mga fans ni Jace. Uh, alam niyo na kung nasan siya. What? What? <laughs> fans. I don't have fans. What? The... Mga magpapadala ng bubble guns. Ganon. That was super cool though. That was super cool. I I would just personally like to thank Vivi yun, uh, who sent me the bubble gun and Zach who sent me the other bubble gun. Ayun. 
all. You, you are allies. You, you are can now allies. be ano, You can now be Katy Perry with the bubble guns. Or Scarlet Envy. Like Scarlet <laughs> Envy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So mm. that, that's it for me. Like that's it for me. Um, but to ano, I guess to bounce off of that, I also not just about LGBT experiences, but also just about media and also uh parang media literacy of like how you should understand um uh that you know not everything is an umbrella representation, but also very unique experiences also. But I think uh before that. Uh, Jace has to go. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Any thank last you, words? With your presence. Thank you so much. I, I love you all. Thank you so much. Anytime. You, Anytime. Yeah. Bye, everyone. We'll see you on Spaces. Well, on Spaces. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. and when we do our RuPaul's Drag Race recap. Yeah. For Every all week. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye, see you on Twitter. Bye. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I was just saying, na, yun na nga, parang parang it's also recognizing that some people think na okay this umbrella whatever so it's just really also recognizing na yun na nga, as Jay said it's really not you're never gonna get enough and it's also recognizing na you know it's not always gonna be targeted towards you or what the experiences is parang ganun do you get what I mean or am I That's like true. yeah so parang it's really just like You know, it's nice to have all of these things. But at the same time, I'm really happy to see the progression of it. Na, you know, na before, before talaga, piling-pili lang yung mga, you'd have queer moments or queer shows. But now, there's really, parang sinasabi nyo kanina na, you know, it's nothing new to us anymore na Pride Month ka lang manood ng ganito. Because it's so, it's so, ano na, it's so widespread in a sense na it's kind of there and it's nice to see that progress na even even in the mga ano uh, Pixar shorts meron ng ganong narratives um, or even in like Filipino BLs uh, having that that in itself as a phenomenon thanks to the Thai phenomenon which arguably are still pretty problematic um at this point but just to have them being problematic is like a win in a sense because we didn't have that uh, in itself to begin with uh, earlier on diba? and now queer kids have more spaces to understand themselves better and it's a parang baby steps but continuing to grow and you know more more artists are coming out with uh, more queer content and just being uh, parang just being open about being queer even Miley Cyrus who we all knew as like Hannah Montana or that sweet parang innocent girl now is very open with uh, her sexuality or her identity and that's that alone speaks about our generation at the very least and how things have changed uh, from Demi Lovato yes And just, I mean, uh, to ano din, I guess Lady Gaga, of course, one of the, in this, uh, in this generation for millennials um, and like late, uh, early, early Gen Z years, na, of course, the older gays would have their shares, their Madonnas, Britney's, yeah. uh, but for our generation, like 
it's Lady Gaga and Katy Perry, I guess, na, you know, <laughs> led that um, pop culture extravaganza that, you know, mm-hmm. born this way, happy 10-year anniversary. That's also, like, a really, a really great album. Na, and the song in itself, na parang, mm-hmm. whether you're gay, straight, or bi, pinalitan na yun nila yung lyrics ngayon, di ba? It's progressed that far that you have to change the lyrics to Born This Way to be even more open and progressive uh, with the ano, with the new version of Born This Way. So, yun. Happy 10th year. And, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to mention Born This Way by Lady Gaga. That was a formative song. Oh, yeah. And them performing it on Glee. Like, mm. times... With ano, the shirts. Yes, with the, with the shirts. Lebanese. Lebanese. <laughs> I have a gripe to pick mm. with... And I am thankful that there is this avalanche of queer content that we have never seen mm-hmm. before and that people feel... I mean, RuPaul's Drag Race is one of the top reality shows. No, the top, one of the top shows in the, around the world with millions of fans. And it's centered around a very niche part of uh, the queer experience and gay culture. That being said, I feel like right now, there is, for lack of a better term, an effort to make queer content respectable and appealing to mainstream audiences as mm. much as possible. Mm. Like, I personally, whenever people mention films like Call Me By Your Name or even DLs, they're good films. But one of my pet peeves is when people call DLs or Call Me By Your Name Oh, the definitive gay film. Or oh, this is like this is gay goals. What the, what the hell does gay goals even mean? <laughs> because like, I feel like the media is so keen on centering white, the the queer experiences of white attractive men. Yeah. Or in the context of when the Philippines started adapting BL series, we. They started uh, casting, and I understand why. They started casting young, straight, matinee idol types in queer roles, which I understand why. They wanted the candy cutie factor, the killing factor. I understand them and the rationale behind it. But when will we see, uh, at least in the Philippine context, when will we see narratives on screen about a teenager discovering that she's trans or non-binary? Or when will we see... You know, there's so many other queer stories that, haven't, that have the potential to be told. And yet, again and again, the media wants to tell the story of two attractive boys who fall in love with each other. Sorry, two straight-passing white attractive boys it's so rare that you see femme gay people on screen or even uh, butch lesbians for that matter who are presented not as stereotypes but as real people and that's the end of my rant <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i agree um it's frustrating that a lot of 
LGBTQ films out there or sh- media out there aren't even represented by actual LGBTQ people, which in and of itself is a huge problem. Um, because we don't hire gay actors and actresses for normal roles and we can't even hire them for actual gay roles. So ano nang roles yung pwedeng i-play ng um, brothers and sisters natin in the community, right? Um, so there's definitely a long way to go with queer representation in media. And as Jay said, it's never going to be enough. There will always be stories that are underrepresented in all medias. But I think there should be more of an effort to keep trying to keep it more authentic and genuine because I will like for the longest time blue is the warmest color was like the lesbian film and no it was very much like a straight male gaze film that wasn't even really about the gay experience as a woman which is frustrating because even our own content can't be like genuine or can't be even but it it still has to be in in the perspective of a man yun yun kasi yun eh that's always frustrating of a straight man who enjoys um the lens of lesbianism in his own way rather than it being what it what it genuinely is so it's it's frustrating i think we all have a long way to go i think we all acknowledge that but I'm glad to see that there are steps being taken somehow to getting there. I mean, we actually have a Call Me By Your Name that's actually by a gay person now, thanks to Lil Nas. Yeah, <laughs> I love him so much. I love him a lot too. I'm, I'm glad he reclaimed that title to, for an actual gay man, right? So, that's what I feel like. That's what a queer idol is to me. Someone who is just so not even unapologetically who that's the word right? unapologetic he's just who he is period yeah. it's not brave it's just who he is okay. and it's it's so glorious to see Mm-mm. I mean I don't know if it's our fault then because we keep looking for our representations in the wrong places we keep looking for it in like big studios and big movies when like if I go on TikTok there's like a million gay people, million like bisexual people who are just talking about their lives in the most casual way, in the most relatable way. And I see myself in them. And I think sometimes like this is more than enough. I like these normal people sharing their stories. So I think it's also a call for us LGBTQ plus members to make our own spaces. Like let's stop trying to pander ourselves into these big roles because if they can't accept us, then we'll just make our own places and accept each other. Paula, I love how you brought up the role of social media into this. Because for the longest time, media was so one-way. Mm. And it's only now... And it's... And I don't even know why I wasn't able to think of this, but we grew up, our generation grew up in the age of Tyler Oakley, in YouTube. Tumblr. Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> and all of these creators who are, yeah, they, they were queer. No matter how problematic they got later on, we grew up with a James Charles, a Jeffree Star. Price Ivan. Price Ivan. And now Dan and Phil. I yeah. love how they oh, yeah. open now. Yeah. That's a huge like step. 
for for me and like the LGBTQ community, the YouTuber LGBTQ community. Yeah. So social media and like content creators even, they're relatively new, but you're right. They can offer us the representation that we need because these aren't big studios who are thinking about narratives to portray on screen. These are people sharing their stories, which is a no point. Yeah. Very, very genius. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bash. I appreciate it. <laughs> I have to agree because for the longest time then, I feel like I had to stand like those bigger movies because there was literally no, none. Wala nang iba. You know, I was like, yes, blue is the warmest color. Yes, dye your hair blue. But then it's because no, there's no one else. Like the only best representation I had was like Toti Marie. Yes. Other than that, it's like this. A queer icon, Toti Marie. <laughs> well, who's your favorite sister? Diba? Toti Marie. <laughs> It's such a gay discussion. I can't. I can't. Wala nang iba. So, okay, fine. This will be... Queer icon. Whatever. Rupa may kinto, queer icon. Okay, okay, okay. Paula Ravales and Toti Marie, we owe you our lives. So much. Hindi ako makahinga. It just had to be Okay, go on. Go ahead. But at least now, now that there are more... You know, we get to also be critical. And that's also thanks to social media. Like, yes, we get very, I don't know, combative on it sometimes. Or like, we fight. But it brings a lot of discourse on, hey, that doesn't seem right. Just because, you know, it's a queer film. You don't have to, you know, automatically be for it. Because there are a lot of other stories there that, you know, highlight other things. Yeah. So now, at like we at least don't just have it. Blue is the warmest color. Yeah. We also have Tote Marie. We also have Tote Marie. <laughs> we need more representation. I love how like Portrait of a Lady on Fire isn't even like remotely oh brought up, but Tote Marie was. This is that iconic. <laughs> oh my no, wait. I completely. I had Tote Marie written down. <laughs> It's the end of the show. We're just going to be standing up. Here's Totti Marie. And Totti Marie. Can someone please make a Totti Marie fan cam? I could write a paper. We have to interview Totti Marie on this show. <laughs> I mean, like, Four Sisters is an iconic movie for the famous, like, drag scene and the... Sorry, ma! But, like, Toti Marie, guys. I'm just gonna say it. Four Sisters and the Wedding is a queer classic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sobrang... The family, I know. It's one of those of films. the melodrama. Oh, oh, you don't understand. It's not queer at all. But it, it, it is queer. Like, legally blonde. Yeah. Not at all yes. queer, but it is queer. <laughs> how did Naomi Campbell become a queer icon? Share. Share. Judy Garland. Right? 
And how Judy was a term for like gay people. Your best, back, yeah. yeah diba? Your best gay friend back then. It's amazing. I love it. I love how we appropriate things that Your were meant for us. But that's how difficult it is due to the lack of representation. You just take what you get. Exactly. So, ano, when there's Pinoy Drag Race, somebody should play Toti Marie on in Snatch Game. Oh my God. <laughs> Toti Marie should guess. Judge. Yes, judge. Excuse everybody. Ito na naman tayo with Philippine Drag Race. Philippine Drag Race. This was a whole podcast episode on itself. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I have thoughts. <laughs> Ooh, did you see the Manila Luzon announcement? I know. I, mm. Wala pa namang <laughs> sinasabi na drag race. I think but, it's mm. really just uh, based on the interview that I read, it's more on Manila making music, which yeah, is kind of weird. Know. Like, that's kind of a weird... Comp- uh, never mind. No, uh, she's been creating her own music now and for... Yeah, yeah, time. but like, I guess... In terms of at least local ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. representation in terms of music, it's not necessarily the biggest. But mm-hmm. I guess it's a start. Uh, I don't know. And I, I feel like, uh, I, it's, I just feel like drag music is so niche. It's very niche. And then how do you get to the Philippine market pa to add to that? Diba? Yeah. That's a whole other game. There are so many queer stereotypes to deconstruct in Philippine media. Anyway, like, hindi lang, hindi lang tayo ka, sorry, and what's the word? I want to pronounce it right. Hindi lang tayo katutuwaan. Katuwaan. Katuwaan. Hindi lang tayo katuwaan. We are people with real lives. I mean, that's, that's the unfortunate thing about being... Gay. Actually, I think it's mostly just gay because it doesn't apply to the lesbian, bi, or bi experience or trans experience. We're not, um, we're not even there. We're not even there. Um, but like, if you're gay, you have to be the entertainer. You have to be the host. You have to be the makeup artist. Like that's that's mm. that's just about it. And there's so much more stories yeah, to tell within that within just that community. We're not even exploring like communities outside of that. Um, that That's why a- Jace is really doing something great with his projects. Oh, in yeah. In sense of uh, representing queer scientists. That's really, you know, an untapped, uh, parang filling that void of, you know, representation. Yeah. So shout out again to Jace. We love Jace <laughs> so much. I think even in like our, our industry, uh, Jeremiah and Dave, yeah. like, advertising is oh god and it's something that my friends and i just talked about today because like what is advertising without the queer people in it right how do you even sell boring ideas without a queer art director camping it up or even like queer queer accounts people trying to to make Uh, with with their clients yes It's this unfortunate thing that we don't have enough queer ads, but the whole industry is populated with Built queer. Built on the backs of queer. Diba? It's it's really unfortunate. Like there's the saying in advertising that if hindi mo siya mabenta, ibakla mo siya. Baklain mo yan para manalo ka. And it's always true. Like it has. It's an advice that's always worked for me, and I'm just frustrated that. 
there's not enough pride even within this very LGBTQ plus populated community in the creative industry in general. Um, so there's that, I think. Yun talaga eh, baklain is the key. Like, to, to get to the hearts of people. Like, baklain mo! Yeah, exactly. Like, I refuse to believe that finally Ariel happened to me was made by a straight person. <laughs> <laughs> Who would, which, uh, what straight person would even know C.C. Peniston's 1990s? This <laughs> right? Like all of these things, even energy gap. Like it just, it just seems like a queer concept to me. And I just, I wish it was more openly queer um, in 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 this community. So I hope we do more for for ourselves because we're all part of it. And I think we should celebrate each other more within it. Louder, I think much louder than um, we normally do. And I think that's a very lovely note to end this episode on. It's not just an advertising strategy, it is a life philosophy. Baklain Baklain mo. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you everyone so much for this very rich discussion on media representation and how it impacted your uh, coming into your own queer identity. I am Jeremiah Kapasi. Sorry, no. I forgot the very vital point. It's but, time for I Russ mean, to share. Yes, you're, you are Jeremiah. Yeah, I am <laughs> Jeremiah. <laughs> and then it's time for us to share our popcorn picks of the week. We are going all queer for this round. So, I'll start. Yeah. My queer pick for the week is... I had it in my head. <laughs> it's the soju. Um, my queer pick for the week is okay i'll say happiest season it's a romantic comedy starring two lesbians as the main couple and i love it because them being lesbians isn't even the main gist of the film it doesn't deal in stereotypes and it's just a really nice feel-good film it's pretty iconic like the cast is so good and like Kristen Stewart and Kristen Stewart, scene. like she just gets hotter every time. Every scene. A gay icon. And Aubrey Plaza and Kristen Stewart and every scene together. Grab the chemistry. And Alison Brie is there also. I love her. It's it's a really nice, feel-good uh, queer classic. And you know, crush mo de ba si Dan Levy? Yes, oh, my husband. Dan- <laughs> I That's forgot adorable. to mention Dan Levy and Shit's Creek is what I saw myself when I entered the workforce. I saw myself reflected in him. So, but anyway, watch Happiest Season. I think it should it's be... It's a Christmas movie, yeah. but you can just watch it in whatever... Year-round. Yeah, watch it yeah. for Pride Month. Very feel-good if you want to see happy queer relationships that yeah. work out. Great example. Anyone next? Mine is like a baby queer because they literally just mentioned it in one episode, but I think it was so important for them to actually acknowledge it, which is Loki that's currently streaming on um, Disney Plus. But I mean, we can all find ways to watch it. <laughs> not, not to like actively support piracy, but we'll all find ways to watch it. But I think it was, it was blatantly obvious to anybody who was queer that Loki was queer. And to hear it actually acknowledged in the latest episode of Loki that he was both into men and women was just astounding to me. I like 
you know, in in one of the world's most popular franchises to have this openly queer character and for them to actually acknowledge it in a non-subtle way like they did in Avengers Endgame was important to me. So please watch Loki. And it's like, you know, Loki is the one of the most iconic characters in the franchise. Yeah, he's the have, best villain. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, that's me. For me, well, I already kind of gave it earlier, but feel good. I watched it two weeks ago when I had time. <laughs> I was looking for, I don't know, TBH. I just liked it because the cover that Netflix showed to me was the character. <laughs> and all we got a type, mama. But I don't know. Um, I think it's very real. It's a bit dark. So not for, you know, you should watch something happy after, mm-hmm. I guess. But it gets very real, I think. And it's one of those... I can't even say it's like queer, a queer show because it deals with a lot of other things. And it's even just mentioned in later episodes pa, mm-hmm. na how everything is labeled or, you know, how we don't, we don't actually have to label ourselves. So I like how they handle a lot of the topics that they do. And another on a more lighter queer representation note, also mentioned earlier was, was Mitchell and the Machine. Something nice, like I watched it with my family, and it's just—is it queer? I don't even know. <laughs> and I like that about a lot of like kid movies as well. Like it's not such a big thing, you know. Before it was such a scandalous thing to come out, but in movies like this, it's so light, you know, that it doesn't. It's just—I don't know—a good family movie that you can watch, and it's just by the way mentioned like a little bit, but it's fun. Fun to watch with family, fun to watch with your friends. So, go watch it. Ako, uh, my recommendations of the week are mu- music, songs. Um, Shampra, this is from my job, but at the same time, I feel like I, it's not every day that I find songs that, you know, sometimes it's just a job, but sometimes it's songs that you're proud to uh, promote. And, of course, one of them is in the theme of Pride, Di Kasayang by Ben and Ben, which is a really great anthem for, not just for queer people, but especially for queer people na, you know, di ba ang dami nagsabi, sayang, sayang naman, bakla siya or whatever. But like, the song is like, di kasayang, di kailangan manghinayang, uh, di kakulang. Yun yung mga lyrics niya. So, to have that kind of song uh, by the number one band in the Philippines also, especially, it's like, really powerful and I hope uh, people get to share that song and uh, embody that message and live that message. Kasi hindi lang naman, um, it's not just about being queer. Hindi uh, kasayang in many ways and hindi uh, kasayang is such a great song. Uh, yeah. And next is a very queer inclined song which I've been obsessed with for the last few days. It's called Ate Sandale by Maris Rakal. I am now I am now a Maris Rakal stan. <laughs> if <laughs> the music video itself oh. palang sobrang ano na niya, sobrang campy na siya and like the fashion and the song itself na ano yung lyrics niya it's about being marupok essentially and like stopping yourself from being marupok yung, ano <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, ano yun basta uh, ate sandali uh, ano yung lyrics nun uh, Huwag kang magpadali. 
wag ka magpadala sa lande. Yun yung mga lyrics niya. Sa kanya. Um, kung, kung ayaw ka niyang pusuan, wag mo nang subukan. Ganon. I feel called out. Where was, where was this song in February of 2020? Right? So go check out Miss Maris Rakal. Ate Sandale, what a bop. Uh, it deserves so much love and standing because even Maris herself is such a interesting personality to watch on TikTok especially. She's so much. <laughs> and she's a meme na, di ba? Yung parang yeah. nagka-type. Sabay-sabay <laughs> 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 tayo lahat. Nakakala talaga. ka kayong lahat. Okay, so yun. That's my uh, recommendation. Uh, ben and Ben, di kasayang. And Maris Rakal, Ate Sandale. I hope we get to talk to Maris one of these days. Yes. yes. It's so iconic now. So, that's the end of our Pride episode, everyone. Yahoo. Thank you for a very lovely personal discussion. This has been fun. And remember to stand Toti Marie, Paula Ravalas, and Maris Rakal. Yes. Then, wait. In, in the great words of Mama Ru herself. Support local queers. <laughs> <laughs> Support your local queens. So listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jeremiah Capasilio signing off. And of course, sabi nga ni Mama Ru in, uh, in Pride, if you can't love yourself, how the hell, How the hell can you love somebody else? else? Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. amen. Now let the music play. Take me home. <laughs> 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 Iba yung song. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Of course, all our previous episodes are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you stream your podcasts. Of course. We're here on Radio Katipunan 87.9 FM every week thanks to the Radio Katipunan family. And go check out the social media of Popcorn. That's at Popcorn with Cholo. Uh, we will try and uh, make that active again soon enough. Um, so, uh, yeah, support that. And we will see you all next time. Thank you so much, Jeremiah, for taking the lead in this episode. Yay! And we'll see you all soon. Bye. Bye, everyone. Be brain. Bye. <laughs>